0: So, one thing I love about our church is it's just all about him. It's all about worship. It's all about his glory. And, like, we go in deep. I, like, last week we heard, like, he's in the room and the room is his. And that's church. And that's what we do. And community's part of it. So, you know what? Like, giving... Our tithes and offerings, that's worship. That's not like, okay, we left worship so we could give an offering. No, it is all worship. God made a big point of it, actually. You know, he he made a big point even of recording for all of history, the woman who gave her last mite in the offering and how it touched the heart of God. Just saying, like, it's worship. So I don't ever want us to feel like, oh, well, we just, now we're going to step back out of worship. I'll never forget this one story that Jen Johnson tells that um, she gets in the car, Bill Johnson, um, if you know them, they're from Bethel, and he's her father-in-law, and She gets in the car and said, okay, I'm taking my mom hat off and putting my worship hat on because she was going to lead worship. And Bill turns around and said, you never should have taken the worship hat off. (laughs) And so, I, I don't know, that's just coming to me. Like, it's not like I wrote it down or something, but I feel a huge call this morning to worship. And like, it's all worship. And I felt even as I was praying over this morning, because for several weeks, we haven't... Good morning, Conver... <laughs> you never know what could happen. Um, for several weeks, you know, we, we've, it's just all been a different flow, right? And we haven't had, like, preaching in the way that we normally do. If that makes sense. But I felt like the Lord was telling me that today what I'm doing involves a message. and, and not to think that it, God's only moving if things look different than they normally do. That's not true. God is moving. In all of it. And I feel like that's a word for all of us, even about like our day to day, Monday through Friday. It's not like God moves as we gather on a Sunday morning and then you're just stuck all week till you get back here on Sunday. No, He's moving every day. He moves in the mundane, He moves in the ordinary, He moves in our schedules and He messes up our schedules. And we just are available. Right? We're available for him. For whatever that looks like. If he wants to say something in a way of a message, then we're here for it. If he wants us to worship for the whole two plus hours, we're, we're here for it. We're going to follow him because that's church. He's in the room. The room is his and that's church. So stay in that place of worship and let him do what he wants to do, even through the words that he is speaking. So, I just felt, uh, actually, I just kept hearing the word glory for today. Glory. So, glory, listen to this. I'm going to be, like, all over. I'm gonna, My notes are useful, but I'm going to flow with them. So glory, the word glory is in the Bible 371 times. That's a lot of times. Look up other words. They're not in there that many times, right? (laughs) It's a big deal. Glory is a big deal. And In 1 Kings, it says the priests brought the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord to its place into the inner sanctuary of the house, to the most holy place. There was nothing in the Ark except the two tablets of stone which Moses put there at Horeb, where the Lord made a covenant with the sons of Israel when they came out of the land of Egypt. It happened that when the priest came from the holy place the cloud filled the house of the Lord so that the priest could not stand to minister because of the cloud for the glory of the Lord filled the house of the Lord. So this is just like there's so much in this <laughs> but he 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 gets to mess up whatever, you know, our our things are, right? And I love this because it says there's not, there was nothing in the ark except the two tablets of stone which Moses put there where the Lord made covenant. So, the ark of the covenant, if you know, it represented the presence of God. And I love it that the, the tablets, the law that God gave Moses was in his presence. And... It represented covenant. And so, fast forward to New Testament. We are in a new covenant, right? So, we have the Ark of the Covenant in us all the time. It's not a place we go, right? Because remember, the veil has been removed, right? So, let me read that. I want to read it actually out of my actual Bible. So, 2 Corinthians 3, I'm going to start in verse 7. Well, I'm not. I'm going to start in verse 6. He is made as competent as ministers of a new covenant. So, can you say competent? That's important. Not of the letter, but of the Spirit, for the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. Now, if the ministry that brought death, which was engraved in letters on stone, came with glory so that the Israelites could not look steadily at the face of Moses because of its glory, fading though it was, will not the ministry of the Spirit be even more glorious? If the ministry that condemns men is glorious, how much more glorious is the ministry that brings righteousness? For what was glorious has no glory now in comparison with the surpassing glory. And if how much greater is the glory of that which lasts? I read that wrong. I'm going to reread it. And if what was fading away came with glory, how much greater is the glory of that which lasts? Therefore, since we have such a hope, What's he talking about? What hope? The hope (laughs) that we have a surpassing glory. The hope that we're in a new covenant. The hope that actually we're competent, we're adequate for this ministry of glory. That's why we have hope. And because we have hope, what does it say? We are very bold. Can you say, I'm very bold? We are very bold. God told us this year, build boldly. I didn't even know that this passage talked about being bold. I just knew it talked about glory. That was awesome. We're not like Moses who put a veil over his face to keep the Israelites from gazing at it while the radiance was fading away. But their minds were made dull. For this day, the same veil remains when the old covenant is read. It has not been removed because only in Christ is it taken away. Are you in Christ? It's taken away. Even to this day when Moses is read, a veil covers their hearts. But whenever anyone, say anyone, anyone, a tyrant, a terrorist, anyone, anyone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Now the Lord is the Spirit. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we who with unveiled faces, can you say unveiled? (laughs) All reflect the the Lord's glory. Are being transformed into his likeness with ever increasing glory. The new American standard says from glory to glory. Which comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. I'm getting a tissue because I need one. (laughs) Oh, you know, when the Lord does all kinds of crazy things, you're like crying and laughing and all the things. So, obviously, this passage is like packed, packed, packed with goodness. But here's what I felt like God is saying. I'm going back now to Isaiah 60. Isaiah 60 says, Arise, shine, for your light has come. The glory of the Lord has risen upon you. So, who has the glory of the Lord risen upon? You. Okay? And it says in 2 Corinthians that you're competent. The, the New American Standard says this. I want to read it. Not that we are adequate in ourselves to consider anything is coming from ourselves, but our adequacy is from God. Can you say your adequacy? My adequacy is from God. Sorry, it's interactive. I really believe there's power in our words. And God wants us to get this. Because right now, what God is doing is calling us up to shine with his glory. Calling us up To be like him, transformed in his likeness. And it's not something that's way over here for a few people. No, it's all of us. This is for all of us. Nobody's exempt from his glory. Nobody. Nobody. There might be things going on in your life that don't, that aren't glorious, okay? (laughs) But If you are in Christ, it says Christ is in you, the hope of glory. If you are in Jesus, it says you have this covenant. It says you have this covenant that comes with greater glory. So say greater glory. We are in a covenant that comes with greater glory. And God is saying, arise and shine with the light of his glory. His glory rests on you. His glory lives in you. His glory flows out of you. And you shine. And guess what? We are not wimpy Christians. We are not. You are not. If you need to say that to yourself, just go ahead. I'm not a wimpy Christian. You're not. I'm not. Because He's not. <laughs> he's not. He's moving. We are not bound by religion. We're not worried about our reputations. We are not afraid. Say, I'm not afraid. We will arise. We will shine. We will be strong. We will pray. We will speak up about injustice. We will be leaders of freedom. We will be laborers in the harvest of his glorious gospel. And we are fresh bread on the earth. That's who we are. That's who you are. And that is the number one thing I felt like God wanted to say today. That and because of that, that, that's our identity. And no one's exempt from it. No one. You can say, well, I don't feel it. That's okay. Nobody said you had to feel it. He didn't say you had to feel it. Nobody said that. His glory is not depending on your feelings. It is not. His glory is not depending on having a certain formula or having a certain faith or having certain words. It's not. His his glory is about he's in the room, and the room is his, and we just say yes. And the other thing that I felt this morning was that, that we say yes. So recently, I was invited to go to a conference. Actually, we have amazing guests, friends here today that I, I really – Wanted to honor them. So, yay, I get the opportunity. So, we have this amazing couple from Singapore with us. They're dear friends. Um, You know, the world is not as big as you think, it's just not. So, they're good friends with our good friend who actually is Australian and lives in Australia, has been stuck in Australia for two years. But we welcome you with open arms and open hearts. So glad you're here. They're intercessors, and oh, I would just love to, for you to really just impart that wealth of, that you have in you for intercession. And then these are my dear friends from Abilene, Angel, Lauren, and Rio, and they've been here before, but we welcome them always with open arms and open hearts. And so Angel invited me to come to this conference a few weeks ago um, with this. This lady was ministering, and she has a really strong prophetic voice. Her name is Isabel Alam. So Isabel prophesied over me, and I want to share this experience because I felt like God wanted me to. So Isabel prophesies over me, and while she's prophesying over me, I wasn't feeling anything. I I didn't feel like this strong anything. And and thank the Lord that we've learned to record prophetic words, right? Because I've listened to it over and over and over and over again since. And there's a lot in that word. I'm bringing it up for two reasons. One, I wasn't feeling it in the moment. Don't go by your feelings. Two... Immediately after, when I listened to it again for, you know, the second time, God spoke to me and said, this is about obedience. And God has said that to me one other time that clearly, and that was in 2004. All through the 90s and the early 2000s, every minister that came in our church prophesied over me about teaching, preaching, prophesying. And for all those years, I have young kids. I'm like, God, do you know where I live? Like, I live in Bible Belt, USA. There's so many teachers. They're really good at it. They really like it. I really don't. <laughs> um, don't think I'm good of it. Don't even think I like it. And that was my dialogue with the Lord. So, I say yes to go to Mozambique in 2004. That's a whole story. Some of you know it. I'd never been anywhere but Mexico and Canada. Okay, Mozambique in 2004. Like, you couldn't use your cell phone. Like, it was just like nowhere, okay? And um, I didn't like flying. I was, really had a fear of that. Anyway, I got on a 15-hour flight and the whole way to the airport, I'm just like, y'all just going to have to put me on the plane. That's all I knew. Like, just put me on the plane because I knew I, was, I knew I was saying yes to God. No idea why. I was going with people I didn't know to stay with other people I didn't know. Didn't know anyone. I didn't know anyone who lived there. I didn't know anyone on the team I was traveling with. I knew no one. And I said yes. God, you just don't know what's on the other side of your yes. (laughs) You just don't. Don't even try to know. Don't try to know. Because it's not going to fit in what you know. God doesn't fit in what you know. And if he does, your knower needs to be transformed. Okay? God is God. He should not be fitting in our knowers. So, I didn't know, but God radically transformed me from that, yes. He broke off so much fear, but throughout my life, I've had these moments where he, he just speaks to me out of nowhere and tells me something I don't know, something that like significantly alters my life. So I'm there in Mozambique, and I hear him say this to me. In my mercy, I have given you the same prophetic word over and over. That season is over. I'm not giving you the word anymore, but it is me, and will you obey it? Will you do it just because I'm asking and not because of what you think about it? (laughs) So, what I mean, obviously, you're going to say yes, right? I said yes. I came home. I preached my first message to this day that was 2004 to this day I do not consider myself a great teacher but I am just saying yes because he asked me to if he's asking me to then it's because he wants to do something right because we don't we don't believe in just like stuff right God wants to do something right So I'm saying that because fast forward to now, I get this prophetic word a couple of weeks ago, and God says it's about obedience. And I'm going to tell you some things that were in that word. She talked about acceleration. She said there have been some delays. She and her husband both said this. And they said, I see you going from a rowboat to a speedboat. And God is accelerating things. But God said to me afterwards, don't think that I'm just all of a sudden going to accelerate things. You have to participate. You have to obey. You have to be willing to move fast. Another part of her word, actually, she told me that I was going to have to make quick decisions And that I I didn't need to overthink them. I needed to obey quickly. And she said, she talked about writing. She talked about creativity. So am I just going to be like, well, I'm just going to wait on creativity. If I don't feel it, then it's just not there. No. Like God is being so direct with me right now. Like, if I said you have creativity, then you have creativity. It doesn't matter how you feel. If I told you to write, then you need to write. It doesn't matter if you feel like you have time. It doesn't matter if you feel like you know what to say. If I said to write, you need to write. He, she talked about increased worship anointing. I feel a huge call on that. I don't know what to do with that. I'm like, like we love worship. Like We're all about worship. But there's an increased worship anointing upon our church right now. I, I feel it's so strong. He's calling us into a deep place of worship. And you know what? In light of world events, this is uh, going back even to an encounter I had with God in, to, in 2019, where he brought to my mind all the places I had worshipped in the world. And he brought to mind one time in Mozambique. We were there, we were worshiping, and here comes the government. So this happens frequently. It wasn't a new thing, but they come in with all their guns, with all their military, and they're wanting to shut everything down. And immediately in that moment, Heidi and I looked at each other, and at the same time, out of our mouths came, They can't stop our worship. Even if they shut down the meeting, which they, turns out they didn't, turns out they got touched by God, which also frequently happens. But um, <laughs> what if they had shut down the meeting? Many meetings have been shut down in the world. Does that mean people can't worship? No. Nothing stops your worship. Nothing. I know a woman who worshipped in silence for 18 months in a North Korean prison. Nothing stops your worship. Nothing. And no one. So, we're going to obey that. She talked about increased influence. And guess what else she talked about? Boldness. (laughs) A new boldness. And it's crazy. I'm just going to, this is a little bit of a side thing, but... I, I, I have it all written down for you, Angel. So she talked about my voice as a trumpet, and literally word for word, she said the exact same thing to me that Angel had said to me like two years ago. And also Patricia Bootsma had said it to me. So that's three times. That also happened to me in the early 2000s, three times in three different states. Somebody came up to me and says, God says, take the gag off your mouth. Same language. When God does that, he means it. Okay, there's no, we got to stop all this. Listen, what the enemy wants more than anything is to keep you from your true identity. That's really his mission. Why do you think you feel bad about yourself why do you think you hear those words of accusation and condemnation why do you think you you feel that discouragement why do you think this stuff happens because the enemy knows your true identity has authority and glory that is your true identity And he wants to steal it. He wants to rob it. He wants to keep you from it. He wants to do anything to keep you from it. And I'm telling you that today there is a call of God on this house. Maybe you're watching online. You're included. (laughs) But I'm telling you that God is asking us to arise and shine. He's asking us to step into our true identity And he's asking us to steward. Andrew heard the word stewardship for this year. He's asking us to steward what he has put within us. He's asking us to steward the callings, the assignments, the words that he's spoken, the identity he's given, the glory he's given. He's asking us to steward it. And he told a story, Jesus did, about the talents being given and that whole story, if you know it, if you don't look it up, it's called the Parable of the Talents. And what happens is two of the three people went and, like, invested and did things with their talent, and, and their, they got increase. One was afraid, so he hid his talent. So then when the owner came back, he was very upset with the one who had hidden the talent. So listen, this is like a, this is a thing. Like God, he, he he's not going to be upset with you if you mess it up. Because guess what? You really are not going to mess it up. So we don't need to hide it thinking we're not good enough or we don't have time or we got to get these things dealt with or whatever, whatever, whatever all the things are. No, we just need to steward whatever it is he's giving us. And listen, do not compare what you feel like God's asking you to do to what he's asking somebody else to do, okay? Like, He's he may not be asking you to teach or preach, he may be asking you To take food to somebody and share Jesus. He may be asking you to go up to somebody in a coffee shop and just ask them if you can pray for them. He may be asking you to pray about certain things in your prayer closet. He may, like, don't compare what he's asking you to do. Just say yes. Just say yes. And don't, whatever it looked like last time, just go ahead and get rid of that. Because not going to look the same and right now coming to convergence you never know what it's going to look like that's a good thing that's a good thing and crazy stuff like God is so moving like our kids are prophesying it's crazy we had our prophetic training and here are the kids up here calling people out and giving them words here's little tiny Eliana Montgomery, like, calling somebody out and saying, you're a peacemaker, not a ke- peacekeeper. This little tiny voice. I'm like, whoa. Like, I felt the authority on that. <laughs> so, there's no, like, thing. Like, you have to look a certain way or be a certain way or be a certain age or Even a certain maturity level, like God wants us to mature, but he's not waiting on us to arise and shine until we have a certain level, right? So, that's it. (laughs) So, the rest of the time this morning, I just felt like God wanted to minister to people. So, I don't know. I don't have like a map. And guess what? There's no formula, so you can forget about it. Um, Can't pull that up in a file. So we just give him the room. That's what we do, right? But I feel like God wants to strengthen you in your true identity. I feel like God wants to break some things off that are trying to veil you from the glory that you have. It's there, but sometimes these things come on us where it's hard for us to see it. And I feel like he just wants to take that off. I feel like he wants to make some things clear to you. What is he asking you to do? What prophetic words do you have? If you don't have any, or if you feel like you need a fresh one, we have prophetic teams. I already asked permission. I did ask permission. Nikki says, yes, we have prophetic teams. They're going to be right over here. If you want our prophetic teams to pray over you, they would love to do that. And so let's just stand up. And so... Yeah, I just I just feel like right now the invitation is to say yes. Yes, God, I will arise and I will shine. Because all the dark places, there's dark places, even in Fort Worth, Texas, there's dark places in America, there's dark places around the world but guess what light always triumphs over darkness if you walk into a dark room and you turn on the light the darkness goes it's it's not like sometimes the darkness goes or maybe the darkness goes a little bit no when you turn on the light the darkness goes (laughs) so we just say yes right now, God. So if you just have that yes in you, I just want you to do what God asks you to do. It Maybe, maybe come to the front just as an act of obedience. Maybe just speak out your yes. Come up. If you want prayer, so also we have bunches of other people who want to pray for you so if if you would come up here as well like our ministry teams our microchurch pastors our amazing on fire teenagers come on (laughs) so there's tons of people that would love to pray for you so if you want prophetic it's this side If you want prayer, ministry, it's on this side. So just come up. If you just want to come up and be with the Lord, then it's open right here to do that. But we're just going to respond to him. We're going to respond to him, and we're going to say, yes, we will steward our identity. We will steward the glory that you've given us. We will steward our callings, and our assignments for this season. We will steward our voices to be a voice for you. And somebody had a word this morning about wonder being released. I just released that word. Like, we're going to just live in wonder. We're just going to live in wonder because God does what we can't do. God does crazy stuff. And it leaves us in awe and wonder if we just pay attention. So I thank you for your awe and wonder today, Jesus. I thank you that even last week, so many people got set free of accusations. Thank you for doing that, Jesus. Thank you for releasing your glory upon us. We will arise and we will shine. We say yes, God. Another thing Andrew heard is in this season is make space for him. So right now we we we're just giving him the rest of this time. It, it may feel awkward like no one's directing things. That's okay. We're just making space for him to do what he wants to do.
1: just gone through the motions. I'm sorry. And I forgot that you're enough. Take me back to where we started. I opened up my heart to you. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I just sang another song. Take me back to where we started. I open up my heart to
2: you.
1: Caught up in your presence. I just want sit here at your feet. I'm caught up in this holy
3: spawn you, Jesus. I'm caught up in your presence. And I just want to sit here at your feet. I'm caught up in this holy moment. I never want
1: Just one. Want-
0: Feel free to get your kids and bring them back in here if you want. I don't know what's going to happen. We'll just, we'll see. I feel like, though, what I want, what I feel, and I think somebody said this to me today. I think maybe you said this to me earlier, Angel, but I feel as we go from here, whenever you feel it's time for you to go I feel there's a commissioning there's a commissioning on you this day for such a time as this if you're online for such a time as this you are on the earth for such a time as this you are in your city in your state in your nation because God wants deliverance to come and he is going to use you as a Daniel, as a Joseph, as a Joshua, as a Caleb, as a Deborah, an Esther, an Anna, a Mary, because for such a time as this, he has raised up his body to bring deliverance, to bring his glory on the earth. So I commission you, whenever it's time for you to go, you can go, You're welcome to bring kids back in here, but you are going out commissioned in your true identity, your true calling as good stewards who are not afraid, who are not wimpy, (laughs) who are not backing down, who are bold and strong and releasing glory that brings deliverance in Jesus' name.